Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. going to do something this morning. I, so I, I'm going to break in. So we as a church are looking at the, the book of James. And over the last few weeks, we've dealt with, the, with some themes like how to deal with troubled waters in life, storms of life, trials. Uh, then we've looked at uh, um, the trap of temptation. Last week, I, I spoke on the, the trap of temptation. It's in, it's in James chapter 1. This morning, I want to break into that completely and just look at what's going on uh, around in our world right now and for us to pray into that. So um, it's something I wrestled with as I watched the news and listened to the news and felt really sick. And and I honestly mean, for the first time in my life, I really, really felt not disappointed, but really quite sick. And so I ste- I've been steering clear of the news because it's that, been that horrible. And then I thought, well, I can't steer clear of the news. You can't hide. These are terrible things that are going on in our world right now. And I'm, I'm speaking about not only what's happening in the war in places like Ukraine and innocent people being killed, but what's happening in the Middle East right now. And uh, the, the evil that is going on in our world. And... Um, and so, I, at the same time, I don't want to be political. I'm called to be biblical. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to be swayed by circumstance. I want to be cling to faith. I believe that we should hold faith. And um, I, I think, and I, and I feel, and I, and I don't want to wax lyrical on a hobby horse because I haven't got one. But I do want us to be able to just for a moment maybe um, look at what's going on, which you've probably been looking at yourself, and for us to pray. And that's what we can do in this time. And we should be doing anyway. And so that's what I'm going to do. Um, that's what I'm going to aim to do anyway. And so I, you know, right at the beginning of the week, I was going to continue in James. And then as the week went on, as the week went on, I thought, no, no, there's, a, there's the elephant in the room. It's, we, we need to really... Lay hold and pray. And uh, no matter what you believe, what your uh, theological persuasion is or your political persuasion is. Um, so I want to sort of, in the next, just the next couple of minutes really that we have, um, cut through all of that and for us to stand on Christ. You know, there will come points in our lives where we can only stand. A man called Martin Luther said, I can stand and do no other. It led to the Reformation. When when the whole might and power of the Pope and the papacy said to a monk, turn from what you've said and die. And he said, with the whole world against him, I stand here, I can do no other thing. I'm going to stand on God. And we are here today because of what was called a a spirit of reform came throughout the world. Uh, Revival, really, you could say. And um, he protested for the cause of the Bible. You might not realise that. Hence, 
We are Protestants. Protestants. And so there will come times in all of our lives when we will be faced with what you're going to stand on. What are you, what are you and I going to stand on? I can stand on, what, do you stand on your opinion, the opinions of others? Do you stand on the, 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 the opinions that you've taken off of YouTube <laughs> or Facebook or whatever? TikTok, you get your news from? I don't know where you get your news from. The BBC? I don't take my news from the BBC anymore. We will be called to stand. I choose, I want to stand, and I'm not being on Christ. Stand on Christ. Stand on Christ. Stand on the solid rock who is Jesus Christ. And we, 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 we are being tested. And, and what we are experiencing are tremors. This is, this is what the, the Bible throughout the Old and then New Testament, what Jesus says. These are tremors, aren't they? This is a shaking that's coming on the nations. It's, there's been a history of this. I'm old enough. I'm, I'm looking at some of you. I won't keep, get eye contact with some of you. You're older than me, even. <laughs> and some of us have lived through the aftermath of the 40s, the Second World War, when the nations were shaken with a tremor. <coughs> Many of us won't have a clue. Uh, I have lived through the 60s and 70s when there have been crises in the nations. And we thought this could be the end, the nuclear and Cold War and all that stuff. And many of us have lived in the sort of 80s onwards where there's been a certain sense of blips of up and down, but a degree of sort of stability. We seem to be going through tremors again. We seem to be, don't we? And, uh, uh, but, but God is the God who, almighty God our Father, has his hand it's his story. History is the story of Jesus. It's, he has his hand on the nations. You, you, might not, you might be worried, but he has his hand. He's the creator of all things. And it might not look like that right now. So, but we are encouraged to pray. So if you have a Bible, turn with me. Right, I'm going to put my timer on now. Turn with me to Psalm 122. I'm going to read from the NIV. And I want to read a psalm together uh, and it's about prayer and prayer for Jerusalem and the, the effect that will come when we pray for that whole area. And I just want to just make a couple of comments and then we're going to come and we're going to give an opportunity for people to pray. We're not going to put anyone on the spot, so don't panic, right? And uh, I, 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 I don't know how this will be go this morning. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I've got an idea of some things to say. But I feel that we need to pray. And um, here we go. Psalm 122. And uh, this is something we put on our church Facebook page because I just felt, you know, lots of people can rant. I want to pray. I want God to have his word, not Adrian Mancini or, you know, the, the, the greatest vociferous voice that's out there. And Psalm 122 reads like this. I rejoiced with those who said to me, with me, to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord. That means Almighty God. 
according to the statute given to Israel. There the thrones for judgment stand, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, peace be within you. Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your prosperity. May peace be within you. Psalm 122. You know, Jerusalem has been, is the centre of human destiny. Jerusalem, it, the place of Jerusalem is at the centre of human destiny. The centre of human destiny is not at the UN. The UN is, a, you know, you might have different views. But I'm not knocking the UN. The United Nations is an organisation that, that seeks good for the earth. That's a good thing, right? So I'm not knocking it. But the, the centre is not, the, our destiny, is not, that's not the centre. The centre of human destiny is not in um, the greatest superpowers of this earth wherever they claim to be, whether it be China or the United States of America or, or whatever country or nation, whatever leader says that it's meant to be. Uh, the the, the, the centre of destiny is in the hands of God and the, Jerusalem seems to be a place that has been at the centre of uh, human uh, hearts and conflict and, and our final destiny. In Revelation, in, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 2, it says there that the, the prophet there, that John saw a new Jerusalem. You can turn to it for yourself. I haven't got time to do it this morning. Revelation chapter 21, verse 2, that John sees a new Jerusalem descending. Uh, this is the, the final thing, a time of all things, when Jesus will bring all things and we'll be in the presence of God and there will be, uh, there will be his judgment and then his forgiveness upon the earth and all things will come into final being. And, and I haven't got time to go into all of this, but there will be a new, a new Jerusalem. There's a figurative dimension. There's also something of a literal dimension in that as well. There's lots of debate and arguments, but it's interesting. At the very end, the final book of the New Testament has the final say on everything. And it says that the prophet sees Jesus coming. He, Jesus comes, and there comes a new Jerusalem descending, new heavens and new earth, new Jerusalem. It's incredible. And so, so we see this. And um, Jerusalem is a place that has been fought over. The name Jerusalem Salem, has a, 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 it has in its name peace. Jerusalem, the Salem, that bit of it, right? And yet it's been the place that's been fought over. Ironic, do you not think? It's incredible, isn't it? And yet there is an ancient enmity. Now, I haven't got time to go into this again. Um, but if you look at the, in, in the book of Genesis, we see um, Ishmael and Isaac. Ishmael is a son that comes by a slave woman, Hagar, to a man called Abraham. And Isaac is the natural-born son that comes from Abraham and his wife, Sarah. And there is enmity between these two brothers. Isaac is the line that sees Jesus ultimately down the millennia, down the, the thousands of years. 
uh, Ishmael is the line of the, the, the sort of Arabic uh, world. And an ancient enmity had came between these two brothers, Ishmael and Isaac, and that has carried on for thousands of years and will come to its final peace with the new heavens, the new earth, the new Jerusalem. I've painted with a very broad brush there, okay? And people will have their views on this. Whatever politics you like to take. Um, so Jerusalem is... And so there's this argument and this enmity that is played out upon the nations. But remember, the earth is almighty God's, Jehovah. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And so I believe that God loves all human beings. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believeth in him may have everlasting life. That is black, white, slave-free. If you're Hindu-speaking, Arab-speaking, you know, English-speaking, you think you're a Christian, you believe you're a Christian, you are a Christian, you think you're an Arab. All the nations, God sends his son. May not all of them might not believe, whoever believes. And so God gives his son and so, so I just make that sort of statement so you don't think I'm against one or against the other, but, nor, but it's those that believe, those that believe in his son, Jesus Christ. Okay, so we, we shall sort of agree basically on that. And so, um, and so uh, Jerusalem is at the centre of this, this destiny. Uh, but, uh, and and because, because, so we read in this psalm that Jerusalem is, is um, for, for the, this, this psalm, Psalm 122, just to put it in context for a second. Um, yeah, and you notice I'm trying to be careful not to get bogged down in politics. I'm trying to be careful not to get bogged down and not, not pussyfoot around either, not to pretend. So I want to I I just sort of say it as it is, as, as, I, as I think as it is, and then you can discern the, the rest. But, but this psalm is a psalm of ascents. It's the going up to Jerusalem. And it's, it's a journey where the people of God, the, the, the Israelite people, would, would, would um, continue to Jerusalem to, 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 to do what? to praise God. We see this, and it says, Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord. Another translation says to thank God, give thanks to God. If you've got the King James, the New King James, it would say to give God thanksgiving. And so Jerusalem is a place where God put his, God, um, his, his temple. David, who wrote this psalm, desired to build a temple for the presence of God, to the heartbeat of God, at the very heart of a nation. It was his son Solomon who ended up building that temple in Jerusalem many years later. Because David was a king, warrior. Solomon was the man of peace. God is a God of the heart of bringing peace to the nations. And so that, that's the gist of, of, of that there. And so we find that the, the temple was built in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was this place for, for the nation to come. To be united, not just as people, but to be united in heart of believing in their trust in God. And in their united heart to God, it brought the people to be united together, those that were united in heart with God. 
Do you see what I'm saying? It wasn't just to be united and to bring peace and all come together. It was a coming together that was a wanting to come together to God. So as an individual Jew um, wanted to unite their heart to God, they came to Jerusalem with many others. And so the thousands and tens of thousands would come together. And, they, and, all the different, and there were different tribes, remember. All different types of tribes had their own ideas. But because they were united individually in their hearts to God, they came together and they were brought together in unity. Because they had a united heart with God. Now that's the key to the earth. The earth, as, as our hearts have become, and the key to us being united as a church, is when your heart is united to God, then you will find that you're drawn and united to one another. I mean, we can't just get like this unity. We all need to be united and all get on with each other. Because that, is, that, that, that can happen to a degree, but then we all fall out. But as our hearts are united to God... We, we make our peace, and the peace of God, the peace of God in us, and the peace of God with us, then you find that there comes a peace amongst us. That in pie in the sky, that's biblical. That, that, but but that, that's the Holy Spirit, that's power. It takes great power and energy of the Spirit of God and faith on our behalf. So I haven't got many more time to go into that. But that's the gist. So the people came, and so we see them coming to praise God. They didn't come to God to say, give us prosperity, help us out. It says there that they came to give thanks. Now we'll look at this. Now there's three things that I want to say according to this. Uh, So first of all, we're called to pray. Um, There is a release of peace. And in that peace, we'll experience a prosperity. Three things. So we see in this psalm, a call to pray. There will come a peace. Pray for the peace. And in that The outworking of that is prosperity. Three Ps, pray, peace, prosperity. So a few scriptures are going to come up on the screen because this isn't sort of like, I felt I wanted to just share this so we could be inspired to pray, not as a big teachy sermon. So I'm not in a sort of, um, so my gift mix is pastor teacher. I'm not saying I'm a big teacher, don't don't get me wrong, but that's, that's what I would come from a, sort of teaching style, but this isn't a teacher type sermon. This is more as an encouragement for us to pray and a confidence to pray and a confidence in God, okay? So that's the gist, and I want to move on with that. And um, so, so the first thing is a call to pray. So the people were united with God, and then they became united with each other. And we see that in verse 4. This is my introduction, really. It says, that is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord. So in our thanking God, they're binding their hearts to God, them giving their lives to God, there is a binding towards each other. Our unity to God brings a unity with each other. And I know that's something that's on the heart of Clive Robertson as he's nodding with me and saying, yay, yay, yay. In our early morning prayer gathering, Clive would pray for you and us as a church that we might be one united. Week in, week out, Clive prays for you. You might not realise, and he might not realise he's praying for you and me, but he prays week in, week out at seven o'clock in the morning for unity of heart with, with the power of God. It's a beautiful prayer. It's a beautiful prayer. That you might have your heart united to God, and when we're united to God, we become united with each other. Isn't that amazing? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the blood of Jesus Christ. That's his forgiveness and sacrifice. Isn't that incredible? It is incredible. You might not realise it, but it is incredible. And so that's what brought them together. Now, this is incredibly important because this is what will heal the nations. Jesus heals nations, heals the earth, heals the universe by uniting our hearts to God. That's what will heal the nations, the blood of Jesus Christ. Ah, wow. 
And it's that that I'm excited about. And um, so we're called to pray. So, so how is this going to happen? So, so, so look. So this is what we see. So look at this. Called to pray with no peace and with no prosperity. So it says here, um, verse 6. We see there, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls, security within your citadels. I don't know about you, but as you see what's going on and beginning to about to unfold, what has so far happened in um, Israel at this time and that part of the, the, the Middle East, that it's only a small country, a tiny little country, um, and what's about to unfold and be unleashed uh, all round, um, the carnage that is being released is, 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 pretty, is going to be pretty horrific. And, and so then to pray peace, you think, oh, well, you know, we'll watch the news and say, well, you know, this group need to, need, you know, this, this is wrong, and, and we're taken to criminal courts. That group, they're beyond criminal courts because they don't care. And before you know it, you'll be getting, oh, maybe we, we, we need to get bigger armies, and we, we need to, you know, some people say nuke. Everything and everyone. You can, there's that. There, there's all this sort of. And then you think, well, how 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 can how can you know innocent babies be killed? How can innocent people now be bombed in the midst of their own cities? You know, Palestinian Jew. How this this is this is this is it makes your blood boil. And then it makes your blood boil that you have to it wears you out so much you have to you then have to get away. You think I just don't want to. And so there's this pray. Pray for the peace. Pray. It's, there's a time for us to really believe what we believe. We're being called as Christians. We've said this as a church for some time. We will now be called as Christians to truly believe what we believe. The, 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 you know, during the Second World War, Christians had to believe what they really believed. I've spoken to people that lived through the Second World War, and they would say that we truly prayed. We prayed as a nation. Every, it's, it's, we have to truly believe. And so we're called to pray. Now, you know, prayer releases what is impossible becomes possible as we pray because God is the God of the nations. God is the God of the nations. We're called to pray. Pray for not, not, when we say pray for the peace of Jerusalem, it 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 will be for Jerusalem and 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 Israel and that whole area, because the product of that peace will be a peace that unites the people, the Jewish people, are returning back to God, and then returning back to God will bring about. And I'll show. I'll look at this. A, a, an overflow of, of peace to the other nations, and we and to pray for. The nations around. And so when we pray, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeking to be one-sided, but to be biblical. And this is going to be very emotive for some people. You pray for one side and not the other. I'm not saying that. I'm saying pray for Jerusalem. Pray, which, pray for the very heart and centre of that place. Because all destiny of the whole world will be at the new Jerusalem descending. Yeah? The desire of all nations when Jesus returns. It's, it, it's not just a physical, that couple of million people that we're praying for, although I do believe there's a remnant. There's always been a remnant in the Israelite nation. Throughout the beginning of time, all the way through Moses' time, uh, 
And even in our day to day, there's a remnant in Israel which has an effect on that nation. And so we're to pray and to pray peace. Look, to pray. Let me just say some things about... Uh, so, so pray for the peace of Jerusalem. There it is. You'll see it on the screen. Uh, well, you should do. Oh, good. There you go. That's good. So pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those... It's gone again. Oh, there you go. When I, just, when I stand up and down, look at that. It comes back and it goes again. I think there's, a, there's an issue with uh, our connections or something along the line here. Because that, that should be up there. I'll do it again. Here we go. There you go. Cool. Okay, so pray. So it says there that... uh, uh, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those that love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. So we're called to pray. So prayer is powerful. Now, look, let me just say something. Why I believe prayer is powerful? Because prayer releases our hearts and moulds them with the heartbeat of God. And it's God's supernatural power that changes things. It doesn't get our will done, it gets God's will done. But it, when we begin to pray, you find that, you, you, you know, you don't, I don't come with my own shop in this. I say, Lord, I'm just going to seek what you say I'm to seek. Seek you and seek your peace. And as I begin to do that, my heart starts to change. The more I do that, the more my heart changes because I've, my heart's brought to the will of God. But, but, but prayer is powerful because, look, in 2 Corinthians 10, I'm, so this is 2 Corinthians 10. Look at this. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So as we pray, we deal with arguments. There is an ancient enmity. There is an ancient enmity that will be argued between the nations and all the nations. Uh, but it, 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 it won't come through argument. And, and we should seek conciliation and we should, should have diplomacy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's wrong. But the spirit behind all of that, the ancient stronghold enmity, uh, and, and, and which comes also from the fall and the sin of mankind, comes as we bring our hearts back to God. We ask for his forgiveness and we pray his peace in the hearts of people and the people return to him. Pray that people return to God. Pray that this right nation returns to the, 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 their maker, their creator. Pray that the nations are drawn back to him. Pray that throughout the nations, we hear throughout the nations, people having visions of Jesus. Throughout the, throughout the Arab world, people having visions of Jesus. The Coptic church in Egypt is three, 400,000 people. There is a revival movement within the Coptic church. Uh, have, a look at, have a look at the prayer, prayer and praise meetings in the cave cathedral, Coptic church quite spectacular. There's a revival movement within the Coptic church uh, and which is touching the nations. And people, people have visions of Jesus throughout, the, throughout the, the, the Middle East and pray that people are drawn back to him uh, and, and to pray. But it says that we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That's the weapon. That's what we demolish as we pray, as we come and bring the word of God. The weapons we fight with are weapons of the world. It says in, in another translation, the King James, they are not they're not what you see is what you get because we can look around us and think how on earth are we going to see anything change it's a spiritual 
battle that we are in and that we in the West have to wake up to that afresh. Throughout church history, the Western church has again had, uh, we call them revivals, they're periods of awakening to the spiritual dimension and breakthrough and love, forgiveness, grace and power of God. And, uh, and so we're to pray. And, and, and so we see that this, as we, as, as we seek and pray, that we see the, the strongholds, uh, enmities, um, everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today. It, it's, it's pulling, it's being pushed towards against Christ. It's anti-Christ. It's against Christ. It's against God. It's, not, it, it's, it, it's all being channeled to a, a, a culmination of all things. The, the return of Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying it's happening on such and such a day. I'm just saying these things, this tre- these tremors are happening. So, and we're called to pray, and, and there, there comes a breakthrough. And, and now look, um, in, so that's 2 Corinthians 10. Uh, 2, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. Look at this. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 12. Again, this, I want to just say, as we pray, we deal with the spiritual dimension. Look at this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. There's schemes in the world. It's, it's just, it's, we, so strategies. The word scheme means stratagems. It's like, I don't know if you've ever seen in the Second World War, you've seen newsreel and it's got a war room and generals are there and they're, they're, they're putting this army there and that army and they're, they're, you know, the old-fashioned and they've got these counters on the table. and it's, that's a, They're strategizing. That's what is happening in the spiritual realm. Strategies, okay? And so it says there, uh, Paul says to the Ephesian church, put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against strategies of evil in the, in the heavenly realms. And, says, and so he then goes on, says Paul, for we struggle not against flesh and blood. It's not what you see that is happening. It's not just against flesh and blood. But he goes on to say, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so there are forces of evil. And I'm not pointing at this or pointing at that. You can make your own mind up from that. But there are forces of evil in the heavenly spiritual realms. And what we see is in our nations, in the world, in history, this is why we're called to pray. We're called to pray, dear friends. He says there, and so, so, the, so you can see, and as we pray, we release the heavenly realm. So, um, as we pray, you'll see here, it says this, pray for what? Verse seven, it says there, so pray, call to pray. Uh, second, second thing I want to move on quickly, um, not to labor. It says, uh, pray for peace. Verse six, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Verse 7, may there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. Look at this. It says, so verse 6, may pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And then in the NIV, you've got um, inverted commas. And this is the prayer. So, so it's pray for the peace of Jerusalem. NIV, if you've got an NIV, you'll see the inverted commas. So pray for the peace of Jerusalem, inverted commas. This is the prayer. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. I, uh, so, so the word peace, praying for peace, peace, so it says peace within as well as peace without. And so we're to pray for peace within, in 
in a nation, in people, in the nations, uh, in Jerusalem, but in the nation, and in the nation of Israel, but in that, in that whole area, in the hearts of people. Um, to peace in as well as without. It doesn't mean just to say, you know, destroy all of those armies and destroy everybody else without so that we can have peace. Peace is within as well as without. And I would say that peace within deals with that which is without. If you can find peace for your soul and your heart, you'll often find peace without. You can have a storm without and yet know God's here. I'm in his hands. He's with me. I'm with him. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And so when we pray for peace, we pray peace in the people, God in people, returning to God, and then upon the nations. Okay. That's the gist of it here. And so peace, peace, peace within as well as without. And then um, when there's a peace uh, uh, with God, there'll be a peace outside of that as well. As people will come and make their peace with God, my, my prayer is that people are drawn in, in the Middle East, in, in, in Israel, in, in the Middle East, in the Arab world, that people are drawn to the one true God, Father God, his son Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And they'll come, an amazing move in the nations. Um, uh, so peace is the presence of God. When we speak of peace, the shalom, it's the presence of God. It's not just give me a bit of peace and quiet and deal with all the tro- problems and then I'll be all right. It's the shalom of God. It's the presence of God in my life and outside and in the lives of everyone. That's what is the peace. Peace is the presence of God. It's the totality of God and the outworking of his presence in our lives. So the shalom of God, it, shalom is a Hebrew word, it means peace, it's a totality, it's the totality of God. It's so much more, when we say, give me a bit of peace and quiet, it means turn the music off, don't bother me now, let me just go into the corner on my own, I've got peace. Don't mean that. That's only a speck of peace. It means the totality of the creator, his presence, his power, his provision, and all of who he is the sustainer and creator of the entire universe. In my life, with God, experience then around, around me. It's quite amazing. It's the presence of God. It's the totality of God and the outworking of his presence in my life. And when I have the totality of God, I've made my peace with God, I've given my life to God, and I've, you'll find you have the totality of God, then outworking of that comes his presence in my life, and there comes a peace. We do it the other way around. Take all this away. Help me out. He wants us. And uh, then we'll, we'll know him. And it means that we're united with God. And when we're united with God, we become united with those around us who are united with God. And to pray for that, that peace. To come in Israel. To come in the nations around. To come in the nations. In other words, we're calling for a calling back to the creator. I mean, in a nutshell, that's what I mean, really, at the end of the day. Finally, call to pray for peace. I, this, I want to close with, 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 with this now. Um, and that brings security. Look at this. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. 
May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. Now, that word security, translated in the authorised version in the New King James, which are literal translations, is the word prosperity. And the NIV, more, uh, I, I, yeah, it's called a dynamic equivalent. The NIV translates that security. Now, this is very interesting. The word security could be also translated prosperity. It means a prosperous tranquility. It, so in the NIV, it's secure. In the New King James, the word is prosper. You can check it out for yourself. Don't just take it from me. You go and do it right now as you're looking on your phone and, you know, tilt it to the side and compare translations. You'll see it straight away. So you know I'm not lying, but that's the gist of it. It's done for you there. And this is the idea... The outworking of God's totality, when we're united with him, is a tranquility and security. I love ancient history, and I love Roman history. And there was something in Roman history for the world, it was called Pax Romana. Anyone know what Pax Romana is? Yeah, exactly, Roman peace. What it meant was that the Romans brought security. I mean, they were a bloodthirsty group of people. I'm not saying that they were all peaceful and lovey-dovey. But with, with, with Rome, one of the things that happened upon them that, that part of the world is they brought a sort of law and order and security. And you, if you were a robber and a bandit, you would, you know, there was law. And they brought, they brought... It's one of the reasons why the early Christian church, mainly Bible scholars say that the early church spread so well, was there was because of Pax Romana. Now, Roman peace is but a little speck of the peace of God, the shalom. Yeah? See, Pax Romana brought about security. Right? This is what I want to say. And I just love ancient history. I love Roman history. I love, I love all that stuff. Um, and I've looked at it a lot. But Pax Romana is a speck. Roman peace is a speck of shalom. Shalom is infinite, God's peace. When we have the security of God, when you have peace with God, you know security. And that word security literally means prosperous tranquility. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that incredible? We're all worried about our finances and our lives and our concerns and anxiety. There comes an inner security when we make our peace with God. And you, you need to be walking, you and I need to be walking in peace with God and give our lives to him, our peace with God. When, when we have the peace of God, you will know prosperity in the sense of a secure tranquility to your life. It, it means there may be storms around you. It doesn't mean so you'll be storm-free necessarily, but there will be a sense of, I know that I know I'm going to come through this. I know that I know that God is in this. That's, secure. That's what I mean by security. So when united to God, we may know the well-being. And this, this word security or prosperity literally means a sense of unitedness with God that brings about a, a, a secure, well, a sense of well-being. I know that I know. And that's body, mind, spirit, and material. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel that is a counterfeit of the heart of God, whether you've picked it up on the, you know, I'm not against the God channel, but you'll probably pick it up on God channel, you know, you know but now and again, prosperity gospel. I, I, I think that's, there's a counterfeit to the security, 
the shalom of God, the security of God, brings about a sense of body, mind, soul, spirit, and life, what you see around you. And when I say material, it doesn't mean to say that now you'll be secure in your Rolls Royce that you want, because you need it so much to go down to home bargains. <laughs> I think you can see where my heart is, don't you? Um, we have to have something a bit light-hearted, don't we, in the midst of all the gloom that, that, that I've sort of shared with you this morning. So there is this sense of, of security and prosperity. Uh, um, um, it's really the fruit of peace. This security is the fruit of peace. The fruit of unity is the outworking of God's totality. That's the security. That's the prosperity. Wow. It's so important that you and I make our peace with God and walk with God. I know this age in which we live says, oh, come this way, you know, take this, you need that. And, and you, maybe you do. But walking with him will give you security. Being united to God, making our peace with God, giving our lives to him, we'll, know we'll, have, we'll have his peace. His totality and the outworking of that is, is security. Wow, wow, oh wow, I would say to you. Uh, we're going to close here as we pray together. And the worship team are going to come back right now. Call to pray the peace of God, whereby we know his security, his prosperity. It's an intercession of peace. And this is the intercession. And this is the intercession. May those that love you be secure. May those that love you, verse 6, be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. Should we stand together? We're going to worship together, but I'd like us to pray. Hey, how about that? We're going to pray now. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to ask and put it on anybody, but um, if you can stand, please stand with me. And if you want to remain seated, you can remain seated. It's fine. But um, I think as we pray, we see God move. We, we see spiritual strongholds broken. We don't break the strongholds. God does. But he calls us to pray peace, to pray God, to pray unity, revival, renewal, nations brought back to him. May the nation of Israel be brought back to God. Throughout history, Israel, the, the Jewish nation, has toed and froed with God. Just like my walk, your walk with God can go up and down. Whole nations can do that. Our nation is doing that right now. But we call to be reunited. Come back. Come back. We have a father that says, come back. Jesus will leave the 99, go looking for the one. That's the heart of God. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that amazing? He does that with nations. An entire nation can walk away and the Lord says, come back. He does that with the desire to his beautiful ones. And we're called to pray, peace, come back, be united, reunited with God, that you might have the outworking of his security. We do that over Jerusalem. We do that over the Middle East. We do that over our nation as well. We're called to pray. Pray the power of God that breaks strongholds. And then we'll know his security. Father God, this morning we come and bring our hearts and our lives. We thank you, Jesus, that you're alive today. You've not left us as orphans. You've not left us powerless. You've sent the person of the Holy Spirit to be with us, in us, and amongst us. 
oh Lord, I'm not triumphalistic in my own strength, but I embrace the joy of knowing you and, the, and having a sense of faith. Help, I have faith, I believe, but we say, help me in my unbelief this morning. We can look at the nations as they rage, as they're being tossed to and fro. We think of the pain. We can't even imagine what can be unleashed on innocent people, Palestinian or Jew, you know, European or North American or South or whatever we might be. Or the nations. You desire the nations. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So that whoever believes in him might not perish but have everlasting life. There's your heartbeat, Father. Creator of the nations. Desired, we pray, for a real sense of peace to come upon the centre of the Middle East right now. With all that's about to happen, I just don't understand and how things... But I leave that to you, Lord. Your understanding and your heart and beat. But you call us just to pray. That's all you call us to do. You call us. Jesus, thank you that you... That this is Old Testament. I'm reading from the Old Testament. But now here we are in the new, the new covenant era. If you called us to pray in the old covenant era, so much more power in the new covenant era as we come before you, Jesus. Because of your spilt blood and your resurrection life, there is power. We can sing, oh, there's power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. But there is power in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I think of the pain that is going to be, that is, that is not going to be, that is already millennia, thousands of years of blood and pain and destruction. Oh, Father, we pray that you would come. You know, for me, we're far and distant from it. In my job and my life, I'm worried about my own things, my family, my work. Oh, you know, we'll have enough. And, and I'm not saying this, we'll have enough money to pay for the gas. And I'm not saying that in a, in a silly way. But for some of us, that is huge. But there is something big happening. And so, Father, we pray right now that you would just come and touch our hearts with fresh hope and faith and, and a passion and compassion for all that are involved right now. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's not, we're not making, taking sides. We're just being biblical. You call us because why? There come, will come a day when there will be a new heaven, a new earth. And you see the new Jerusalem descending upon the earth there comes something new happening and so we pray Lord Jesus right now this is bigger than us it's bigger than a geography it's bigger than just a millions of people it's universal there's something cataclysmic in the universe it's because of the fall and Satan but we pray oh Father God that you'll do something bigger than our hearts can even imagine and in the name of Jesus we pray fill us Holy Spirit and fill this place with your love with a peace with your grace, with mercy, with the possibilities of God in this place and in our hearts right now, that we might believe and see you. Amen. I'm going to give an opportunity for people to pray. If you feel that you would like to lead us in prayer, then I'm going to ask you to do something pretty simple. When I say lead us in prayer, just pray the peace. If you feel that you'd like to pray that peace right now, in your own words and with your own heart, then I'm going to invite you to come and take the microphone, and if it's a few people, and just come and lead us in prayer. If anyone would like to do that right now, then just come and take the microphone off me, just for a moment, thanks for that, and pray. We're going to give you an opportunity this morning to lead us all together, and, and let's agree together for the peace right now. No, 
Lord, right now as your people, we come first of all to ask forgiveness. Forgiveness for being judgmental. Forgiveness for thinking we know best, that we know what's right and what's wrong. Lord, we want to come right now and pray your will be done. That, Lord, you will shine in glory in this whole awful situation. Lord, it's not about right, it's not about wrong. But, Lord, it's about you and your love and your mercy and your grace. And, Father, we do come and we pray for peace. And that, Lord, there will be a knowing of your grace, your mercy, your love, just poured out in the Middle East right now. Lord, despite tribe, nation, whatever and whoever, there will be a knowledge of your love. Lord, show yourself to those in leadership in various places that there will be become a knowledge of you and of your heart. And that, Lord, we will just reach out to know your mind and your way. Blessed it in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jane. Heavenly Father, just want to praise you and thank you for the blessing of being here together, Lord, in your house where we worship you in spirit and truth, Lord. In this day, Lord, we lift up our hearts to you, Lord, and we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, not the peace brought about by the will of man or the strategies of man, but the peace brought about by your sovereign will and your glorious power, Lord. That peace that surpasses all understanding, Father. Lord, it is true that when we walk with you in agreement with you, when we have peace with you, Lord, you open the way for us to have peace amongst each other, Lord. I pray, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, Lord, that you will turn the hearts of the Jew Jewish country, Lord, of the Jewish people to you, Lord, that they may know you, the one and only true living Messiah, the way, the truth, and the life, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for the Palestinians, their half-brothers and sisters, Lord, too, as well, that they will turn, Lord, from their wickedness and see you as you are, Lord, and put their faith, their hope, and trust in you, Lord, and let your justice and your mercy and your glory run like a mighty river through these nations, Lord. Father, Lord, have mercy upon the children, upon the women, upon the vulnerable, upon all those young people that have been held hostage, that they don't know what tomorrow will bring to them, Lord. Have mercy over them. They could be our sons, they could be our daughters, they could be our mothers and fathers and brothers, Lord, and sisters, Lord. Have mercy on them today, Lord. I just pray, Father, that you will set your hand upon Jerusalem, upon Israel, upon Palestine, Lord that your will will be done and that we may know you, Lord, for who you are, Lord, that we may know you, that you bring hearts and lives to you, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that your wisdom and your glory will prevail through all this mess, Lord, that we cannot possibly comprehend or fully understand. But you know, Lord, and you know, and you are in control. We entrust ourselves to you. Keep us united in your love. Keep us united in your love. In your precious name, did Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. I th lots of people, so that's fine. Esther, then Mike, and then Maureen. Thank you. Father God, 
uh, Google Maps tells me this morning that we are 2,849 miles away from Jerusalem. But in your word, in Mark, you tell us, I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, go, fall into the sea, and if you have no doubts in your mind, and believe that what you say will happen, God will do it for you. So it doesn't matter, Lord, whether we're two meters or 2,000 miles away, we believe in Long Eaton this morning. That when we pray for peace and the shalom of the one true living God, to fall on that nation and that region, that you will do it, Lord, that you can do it, Lord. And Father, many of us in this church have had the privilege of hearing from people from the Middle East, from Muslim countries, hearing your voice, your one true voice calling them. And so Father God, we just pray for those nations now Many in Israel are far from you, many in Palestine are far from you, but you are the one true God who calls your people home, who calls your children home. So Father, we believe, we believe God in the peace of the Holy Spirit to change governments, to change nations, but more than that, Father, to change every individual heart in Israel and Palestine and Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan and all through that, that nation, Lord. Would you open their eyes to you? Call them home, Lord. Call them home. We know, Sovereign Lord, according to your word, that what we are witnessing today is but part of the signs of the days before you come. We know, Lord God, that when you do come, Savior, you're not going to come to anywhere else in our world but to this very place that we're looking at today that is so full of trauma and awfulness. But your word says that's how it will be when you return. We pray, Sovereign Lord, today that you will move by your power as only you can. Move amongst not just your own people, Lord God, who are chosen by you, but by the nations of the world who are gathering together with their personal view, with their own agenda, to do evil against your people. We pray, God, that right now, by your power, you will bring about a fruition of your great, wonderful ideal that you have for the nations of the world that they will all know you and see your glory in Jesus name Amen Amen Dear Father thank you personally for today I have been one of those people who began to wonder, wonder why you let all these things happen. I knew it was wrong, and I knew my faith was not holding up strong, but today you have given me the strength to know that you will overcome everything. We pray, we pray, O oh Lord, so much, we know that our prayers will be answered by you. We don't know how, we don't know when, but we know they will be answered. So, oh Lord, I thank you for all you've said today to us 
and I just say, I'm sorry I am, that I ever doubted you. Amen. Amen. So I just have a, um, a, a bit of a word. Um, it's not really a prayer, but it's just a word. And that is um, that for everybody in here, that um, peace comes from faith. Um, you can't have peace if you don't have faith. Um, so I just pray over everybody in the church today, Lord Jesus, that you strengthen faith within every single member of this church, Lord. Um, and the faith that we all have together in believing and trusting in you. Um, just this week, just this weekend, actually, um, I've, I've, in my head, I've thought about um, the denial of Jesus three times, um, and and I just pray, Lord Jesus, that we we have the faith to never ever deny you, um, and to hold our faith strong. Um, and to hold our heads high and say yes I am a Christian yes I love Jesus and yes nothing will separate me and us from you Amen Let's sing together as we close you may pick up your children if you haven't yet done so. We are going to be serving teas and coffees at the end of this morning. I realise that we've overlapped a little bit from what we normally might do. But hey, I just feel it's been so good to be church together. It's good for us to lay hold and let God lay hold of us. That we're not putting the world to right in just one morning. I realise that. I'm not just making myself feel good for a few prayers. We realise that. But we seek to join with thousands of others, tens of thousands that are praying right now around the world and in Israel right now. Okay, so we're joining together. So let's just, as we close, let's just sing together. God bless you. Don't feel that you have to rush away. You want to chat to us? We'd love to. We're going to serve tea and coffee. Please make sure you pick up your children as well right now. So thank you.